am Alexander B. Stevens. This is the brand new up and coming podcast entitled, What is he thinking? The sometimes uncomfortable, sometimes politically incorrect, but always sincere and truthful podcast for the benefit of women from the perspective of men. You've got questions. I've got answers. 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 What's going on? This is Alexander Stevens back at it again here in episode two of the podcast. Today, I wanted to discuss the four different levels of attraction that a man can have for a woman. But before I get into that, I did receive some feedback from episode one of the podcast, and I wanted to rewind a little bit, go back and clarify a few items that might have been confusing. First, my one through ten list isn't necessarily in priority hierarchy order for different men, especially depending on their age and their stage in life, where an item appears on this list can change. In my opinion, the top four things will remain the top four thing and things five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten will remain the bottom six things. But the specific order within those two categories can change from person to person. And not only person to person, but from a 25-year-old to a 40-year-old, from a marriage-minded individual to an individual that does not believe in marriage. There is some variability. So just because I have looks as the number one thing doesn't necessarily mean they're the number one thing on everyone's list. But I'll tell you why I put it number one on my list. Not because it's the most important thing or anything of that nature, but for two reasons. One, it's the first thing a man notices about a woman. The first thing he sees before he knows your personality, before he knows your belief system, before he knows the chemistry you two have, he knows your appearance. Secondly, I'll use an analogy to explain my second reason why I put looks as the number one reason. You can think of it as your admission into university. If your goal is to become a lawyer, you can't become a lawyer without first going to college and graduating, but you can't graduate college unless you get into the college in the first place. So it's important because if you don't get in, you can't advance and you can't reach your goal. But at the same time, once you're in, it loses all of its importance because at this point, at this stage, it's everything else that matters. It's number two through number 10 on the list that matters. So that's why I said what I said regarding looks in the last podcast. Second, this list was mainly focused on the beginning and intermediate stages of male-female dating and related. The first four things on the list is what a man looks at and considers when he's trying to determine if he wants to approach you in the first place or if he wants to go on a second or third date with you. The first four things are the beginning stages before you're even exclusive. He looks at items five through ten after you've been on a handful of dates to make his decision whether he wants to take things from a casual, non-exclusive stage to a monogamous, exclusive stage. Now, for the next step, whether that's cohabitation or marriage, there are a few more items that can become important and that a man will also consider when he's deciding to take that step. My list focuses on those first two stages. But if I were to focus on that third transitional phase, then things such as education, job, family history, raw intelligence, things of that nature, those things would enter the list and play an important role on helping a man decide if he wants to put a ring on it or not. But like I said last podcast, no guys looking at your job, looking at your W-2 and using that to decide if he wants to ask you out on the first date. That's not how men are wired, at least men that are about business and aren't users 
and schemers. Last thing I will say about last week's podcast is that there are certain items that I will be returning to and revisiting in future podcasts in order to better explain what I'm talking about, such as number three, femininity slash agreeableness and cooperation. I know there is a whole lot more to femininity than being agreeable or being cooperative. Those are just two things that I decided to point out in last podcast list, but there's way more to it than that, and we most likely will touch on that in the future. All right, enough of that. Enough of the past. Let's move toward the present and into the future. Like I said earlier, today's podcast topic are the four levels of attraction. Before I get into those levels, I think we need to define attraction. For our purposes here on this podcast, I'm going to simplify attraction to three components physical chemistry, mental chemistry, and pure aesthetics, aka looks. Depending on the person and depending on their stage in life, we'll determine which one of the three is the largest slice of the pie and which is the skinniest slice. But because describing physical chemistry and mental chemistry is such a personal thing and varies from person to person, from henceforth, I will be focusing on the aesthetic part of attraction, aka looks. Not because it's the most important thing or all that matters, just because it's the easiest to describe and it's less personal and is a more universal thing to discuss. Now, if you ever have spoken to an image consultant or a stylist or anyone that works in the beauty industry, they will tell you something that might disagree with a common saying that we all have said or we all have heard growing up. That common saying being that beauty is in the eye of the beholder. What a professional in this industry will say is that beauty is both objective and subjective. There's objective beauty and subjective beauty. The subjective part depends on the person's personal preference. It depends on the family that that person grew up in, the society, the culture that that person grew up in, and the time period that that person grew up in or is a part of. If you think back, look at old European artwork from 500, 600 years ago, you'll notice that most of the works of art are of pale, chubby individuals. Why? Because at that time, the pale, chubby look was thought of as the most attractive. That was their culture at that time. Why was pale and chubby thought of as attractive? Because in order to be chubby, you had to come from money or you had to be smart enough to work a job that paid you enough money so that you could eat multiple meals a day and dessert. Evidence of your intelligence or evidence of your high class influenced people and made them more attracted to you than just your raw objective physical beauty would mandate. Furthermore, if a person in today's society is raised in a certain part of the country and their family members are I don't know, all short, for example, then when they leave home, they're going to be less impressed by tall men and more accepting of short men and their dating life. If their older brothers and father were all kind of chubby, they won't realize this, but subconsciously when they get older, they'll be more accepting of the husky man than the woman who grew up around nothing but anorexic dudes. So these are all the things that come together that formulate the subjective aspect of beauty. I've already mentioned personal preference, but outside of the personal preference, these are all the things that come together that formulate that subjective form of beauty. Now, the objective form of beauty, according to beauty professionals, to simplify it, it would be these two things, symmetry and the golden ratio, symmetry and the golden ratio. The golden ratio is 1.618. 
and it comes from the Fibonacci sequence. That is too nerdy for us to discuss here, but 1.618 is the golden ratio. Let's just call it 1.6. And symmetry is self-explanatory. So objective beauty would indicate that a person who has symmetrical features from left to right is more beautiful than a person who has asymmetrical features. So try this out. Take a selfie of you looking dead straight at the camera. Upload that picture to a photo editing software app. Take half that picture and reflect it over to the other half. Now look at that reflected picture and compare it to your actual picture. The closer those two pictures look alike, most likely the more attractive the average person thinks you are. The less your mirror reflection looks like your actual face, the less people compliment you on your looks. So that's symmetry. Of course, you know, you can apply it to leg length, arm length, but the most notable location is face and facial features, head shape. Now the golden ratio 1.6. 1.6 is the ratio that applies to multiple parts of the body that's supposed to give us the proper ideal proportion when it comes to objective beauty. Your head is supposed to be 1.6 times longer than it is wide. From your belly button to the bottom of your feet, it's supposed to be 1.6 times longer than your body from your belly button to your head. The distance from the bottom of your knee to your ankle is supposed to be 1.6 times longer than the length of your foot. And there are many other proportional 1.6 to 1 ratio locations on the body. For example, on a man's body, Studies have shown that women have the highest level of attraction for men whose shoulders are 1.6 times wider than their waist is. And you guys, I'm pretty sure you all have heard the old adage about the 36-24-36 woman. Well, that's a 1.5 ratio, which is pretty close to the golden ratio. To be more precise and to hit the golden ratio closer to on the head, the actual measurements would be 38.5, 24, 38.5. But 36, 24, 36 rolls off the tongue just a little bit better. Anyway, those are examples of objective beauty according to beauty professionals across the world. Now, a lot of items underneath the objective beauty category are genetic things that you do not have much control over. You have no control over the size or shape of your head or how big your feet get. But there are some things that you do have control over, like your waist size. So, of course, working out, not just cardio, but resistance training can definitely help out with this. And with other things... If you talk to a professional image consultant or a stylist, they can put you in the right type of clothes or you can have the clothes that you already have tailored in a manner so that you can disguise any ratio issues that you might have elsewhere in your body. For example, if you have short, stubby legs, you can wear your pants in such a manner or you can have your dresses tailored at a certain location in order to give the illusion that you have longer 1.6 legs instead of 1.3 legs. If you have a round head, you can wear your hair in certain styles in order to give the illusion that you have the proper ratio when it comes to the elongation of your head, etc., etc. There are things that you can do to combat genetics and increase your aesthetic. Since we have already talked about objective beauty from the professional standpoint, I wanted to transition to some empirical information about beauty and attraction and also throw in some anecdotal thoughts on beauty and attraction. Imperially, we live in the swipe left, swipe right online dating culture that typically 
the focus is first on looks before there's any depth to be found. And there have been a handful of studies conducted over the last five years that would indicate that when women are judging men based off their pictures and a couple words on a profile, they only swipe right on approximately 20% of all profiles they come across. On the other hand, when men are evaluating women, on their pictures and a couple words on a profile, they tend to swipe right three-fifths of the time. So to me, that indicates that the average guy is way more attractive to women than the average woman is to man. The average guy is more accepting of a wide variety or a wider range of different levels of beauty than the average woman is. So as a woman, I would take solace in that information. Now here comes the anecdotal part, the subjective beauty part. In my opinion, I feel like most guys appreciate the natural, God-given female form as is. In my opinion, most guys do not need a bunch of makeup or crazy hairstyles or anything over the top to appreciate the beauty of a woman. As long as that woman is in shape, well-groomed, and trying, the overwhelming majority of women men have some level of attraction toward. But I would just like to caution women on a few things. One, yes, it's your body, you're a woman, you're grown, you can do what you want to. But there are certain things you can do or not do, looks-wise, that will limit your potential pool of suitors. One, I've noticed that men tend not to marry women that have more tattoos than they do or larger tattoos than they do. I've noticed that men tend not to take women seriously that have crazy hairstyles. I've noticed that in general, most men tend to prefer longer hair. If you have shorter hair, you need to be an 8, 9, or a 10. If you're an average looking woman or just a kind of cute woman, the safest bet is to have a long hairstyle. I've noticed that men tend not to take seriously or marry women that have more piercings than they do. And when I say more, I mean more extravagant piercings than they do. If you have the bull nose ring and you have a five piercings in your ear and random body parts pierced, you pretty much eliminate the guy that only has a stud ear ring piercing or the guy that has no piercings at all. And you limit yourself to men that have a bunch of piercings. When it comes to artificial enhancements, such as eyelashes or weave or hair extensions, the more realistic it looks, the better. Anytime you do something artificial or fake, men want it to look realistic. Men want to be fooled. Men want to think that it's real. But if you overdo it to a point that we obviously know that it's not real, then you're not doing yourself any favors. Same goes for makeup. The more natural, the less you can put on and still have that crispy, smooth look, the better. In regards to surgery, pretty much the same principle applies. When it comes to men taking you seriously or men potentially wanting to put a ring on it, any kind of surgical enhancements you have need to be realistic and not clownish. You don't need stripper butt implants. A man doesn't want to see G-cup breast implants. Any type of surgery or enhancement needs to be subtle and realistic because like I started off this segment, men love the natural female form as long as it's in shape and well kept. So, like I said earlier, it's your body, your choice, your life. You can do what you want to. And, of course, you could tell me, hey, if a guy doesn't like me for doing XYZ and I want to do XYZ, then I don't want to be with that guy anyway. 
Yeah, you can say that, but I feel like the wisest decision would be to keep your options as open as much as possible in order to increase your chance at finding the right guy. It would be a shame to make a whole bunch of permanent or semi-permanent beauty-related decisions in your early 20s and have that negatively affect your love life into your 30s and 40s. All right, now let's get to this list. The four levels of attraction. Level zero, which I'm not including on the four levels of attraction, but I feel like needed to be stated and described. These are women who men would call threes, twos, and ones. Level zero would be the category I would like to call unattractive. Men are not attracted to you whatsoever. Level zero. For women in this category, men tend to ignore them unless they have five-star stellar personalities or a man has to deal with them due to work, school, church, or they're conducting a business transaction. Women in level zero typically will be treated like a man if they're treated any way at all, with the exception of, of course, a guy's not going to slug a woman just because she's not attractive. But outside of that, women in level zero are just treated like dudes. They're viewed as competition or an obstacle most of the time. Level zero is not where you want to be, but fortunately, most women are not in level zero. Level one, minimal attraction or fetish attraction. These are women who are in the high threes, fours, low fives. High threes to low fives. Minimal attraction or fetish attraction. Level two, medium attraction. These are women that are high fives and sixes. Medium attraction. Level three, strong attraction. These are women who are sevens and eights. Sevens and eights. Level three, strong attraction. And level four, extreme attraction. These are nines and tens. Once again, I know I'm describing these different levels of attraction seemingly based on looks alone. But I know that aesthetic looks are only part of the puzzle. There are personality elements, mental chemistry elements, and other things that affect attraction. But for simplicity's sake, I'm just referring to looks at this time. But it is possible for your looks to put you in, I don't know, let's say category two medium attraction. But for you to have personality and intangible elements about yourself that can jump you up a spot to strong attraction level three. And the inverse is also true. You could have natural looks that put you in category two medium attraction and have a ratchet, useless, difficult personality that can drop you to category one minimal attraction. It's up to you. Anyway, back to the list. Level four, extreme attraction. Men treat women who they place in this category as well as they possibly can. Women in this category make all men nervous at a certain level. Of course, the top 10% men and the men that have extensive experience with women will be less nervous. But nevertheless, all men are made nervous by women in this category. Most men seem to lose their ability to be logical and rational in their true self when they're dealing with women in this highest category. This might not last forever, but definitely in the first two to six months, the guy's going to be acting hot like himself. Women who are in level four make many men simp and just not be themselves at all when dealing with women in category four. The goal of the average guy is not to do or say anything she might not like and not to do or say anything that might push her away. Men put up with the most and overlook the most when dealing with this woman, at least at first. Lastly, Men, instead of being practical, men will try to lock down this woman as quickly as they can if they think there's any way that it could possibly work. Most of the time, 
when it comes to marriage, men are more pragmatic and practical when it comes to making that decision. But in regards to level four women, men lose their minds. Level three, strong attraction, pretty much make most men, except for womanizers, nervous. Plenty of chivalry and gifts come toward the woman in Category 3. And men will put up and overlook a lot with this woman as well. Not as much as Category 4, but still a good amount. Men with minimal experience will lose their ability to be rational and logical with this woman. But men with medium experience might be starstruck a little bit at first, but we'll get over it. Men definitely want to lock down women in Category 3. Typically somewhere between 2 and 5 years, as long as about 7 of the top 10 things in my list from last podcast are satisfied and there are no real big deal breakers when dealing with this woman category one minimal attraction or fetish attraction i'm sure you're wondering what exactly i mean when i use this terminology so let me try to explain myself there is a small minority of men i don't know if i had to guess i would say somewhere between 10 and 20 percent that are overly obsessed with and overly focused on one or two aspects of the female form and as long as those one or two aspects are above average they will overrate her whole complete look and elevate her up to a higher level than most men would in general for example a woman could be a three but if she has cute pinky toes and this dude's in the pinky toes and feet her three turns into a six in his brain you know a woman could be bird chested and have a long back if you know what i mean but if she has pretty eyes and large lips if that guy if those are his two things then to him she's a six so that's what i mean by fetish attraction these are women that are below average in general to most men but to certain men because of one or two features they're treated as average or above average women in this category men treat poorly men typically have a glass ceiling over women they put in this category and that glass ceiling is friends with benefits slash side check women in this category many times are kept secret from the guy's friends and family because he's not necessarily that proud to be dealing with her out in the public because she is minimally attractive whether that's physically or beyond physically This woman isn't necessarily treated with much chivalry, and men are very logical and calculating when dealing with these women. Men view these women as maybe they could jump up the category too if they had a surgery or two or hit the gym for nine months and got a professional stylist involved. But as is, they are a four, let's say. Men, when they're bored, might flirt or DM these women on the low, but men don't really take women in category one seriously. Lastly, men are pretty impatient with women they put in category one. They are not too forgiving or they won't put up with much when it comes to women in this category. And they'll expect full cooperation relatively easily or they will discard this woman. That leaves category two, level two, medium attraction. Women who are in the medium attraction zone is stuck in the middle. They are cute enough, the man likes them enough to date them publicly and maybe tell a friend or two about them. But she isn't cute enough or she doesn't have enough good attributes to really take her seriously as like a life partner marriage material. Women in category two, yes, they're treated, you know, ladylikes and delicately and they might spark some chivalry, but there's a glass ceiling on their head as well. They can be the girlfriend, they can be a placeholder. But when it comes to long-term marriage or cohabitation or intentional procreation, they're not it. 
Now, occasionally, for a woman in Category 2 to get the long-term commitment that she might desire, it has to either come from a man who is a 4 himself or a 5, or she has to be a woman that checks 8 or 9 of the boxes when it comes to that 1 to 10 list of items that I gave during podcast number 1. So she check all those boxes, and she's willing to date for 5, 6 years, then she could get the ring. But in general, Category 1 is the secret side chick slash booty call. Category two is the girlfriend placeholder. This is typically the girlfriend that will get cheated on, by the way. Category three is wifey. This is the person that men take pretty seriously. and They definitely can see themselves building a life with this person. And level four is the dream. The dream that the average guy is probably going to screw up. The average guy is going to act so weird, needy, and awkward that they're going to repel the woman that they put in category four. But in general, at least on the surface, category four is the dream scenario. As I sit here and think, not only do men typically have issues dealing with level four women, but level four women tend to have issues themselves. Level four women, more times than not, are flawed. Why are they flawed? They live a charmed life and have a false sense of reality. Why? Because people are extra nice to them all the time, always willing to help, but always wanting something from them at the same time as well. They don't tend to develop life skills and personality attributes that are conducive to a successful long-term relationship. And because of this, it can be extremely difficult to have LTR success with them. So, maybe in some cases, the level 4 woman isn't the dream, but she's the nightmare. I guess it just depends. Typically, only men who are top 5% men or men with ample experience with women can handle Category 4 women and have any type of sustained success or marital bliss with them. In general, Category 3 is the sweet spot where the most successful marriages come from. So, what are the takeaways that I want you to have from this podcast today? Takeaway number one is that, yes, unfortunately, men treat you differently based on how attracted they are to you. This is just a fact of life. It happens subconsciously with most of us. So, don't take offense. Don't be mad. Takeaway number two is that the nervousness and potential awkwardness that a man acts towards you is dependent on these things. One, the category of attraction, the level of attraction he has you at in his brain. Two, his prior experience with women as far as how much positive experience he's had and just the pure sheer quantity of experience in general. And three, is based on his mindset going into the situation. A guy with a marriage mindset will treat you differently than a guy that doesn't believe in marriage. A guy with ample experience will be less nervous and awkward around you than a guy with minimal experience. A guy who has you in his category 3 or category 4 is going to be way more nervous than a guy who has you as a category 1 or a category 0. So keep these things in mind. And when a guy's acting nervous or awkward around you, analyze the situation. And if you think his heart's in the right place, then you need to take that as a compliment. Because he's only acting goofy around you because he likes you so much. Work with him. Be patient. This too shall pass when the newness wears off. Takeaway number three. Yes, mobility is possible in this four-category, four-level chart that I just described to you. Just because it's possible doesn't mean it's easy. It's hard to move up. It's easy 
easy to move down a notch, but it is possible to move. It's all dependent on your intangibles and all of the other things outside of chemistry and looks that is on the 1 through 10 list that I discussed in podcast number 1. The last takeaway is if you do not like the way you're being treated by men or you don't like the seriousness and the sincerity that men come at you with, if you think you're an 8 and should be getting level 3 treatment, But in your personal life, all you get is that level one side chick, friends with benefit, secret lovers treatment. Then that means one of two things. One, the type of men that you're attracted to are non-serious men or womanizer type men or men that aren't really trying to settle down. Or two, you are overvaluing yourself, whether it's looks wise or the total package or both. So either you're picking men to deal with that are only into sex and not into anything serious or you think you're eight in your brain but men in general think you're five or four and you're overvaluing yourself so keep that in mind so if you don't like the way you're being treated that means you need to do one if not both of these things step your game up your looks your intangibles and or start dealing with a different caliber of men and not your traditional type I most likely will discuss evaluating yourself and or overvaluing yourself in a future podcast. All right, that should just about wrap things up. I appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen to what I have to say. And if you found any part of this episode helpful, thought-provoking, or intriguing, please share it with a friend. The more people I can help, the better I feel within. If you have any questions, any suggestions for new topics for me to discuss in the future, or if you need any clarification on anything I have spoken on, please just shoot me an email at whatishethinking at gmail.com. What is he thinking? at gmail.com or you can send me a message via my anchor website all you need to do is go to anchor.fm forward slash what i see he thinking forward slash message anchor.fm slash what is he thinking slash message go there leave me a couple words and if it's constructive i will definitely get back to you or keep your thoughts in mind when I record future podcasts. And never forget, I'm not here to tickle your ear. My only goal is to tell you what you need to know. I'm not here to offend. I just want to see you win with men. Well, until we meet again.